Welcome in today. Glad you're with us. Bill Michaels show. On a Tuesday, a cut down Tuesday. As the uh, the Green Bay Packers making their cuts, the NFL doing the, the same all throughout the league. And uh, some of the cuts that uh, have already taken place, we're going to have to keep you up to date on it because it's probably going to be a... And the one thing about today, it's not this mass cut where everybody's just basically told it once. Um, Matt LaFleur very much out of a page of the Aaron Rodgers You Should Do It This Way playbook is meeting with everybody individually and one by one guys are uh, are walking out the door. So it's a little different uh, than just saying here's the mass cuts, but uh, things are happening uh, up, at, uh, up at Lambeau Field inside the walls at 1265. Glad to have you on board today. Certainly appreciate it. Um, the, uh, the, the, the Brewers at least got a burst last night. Garrett Mitchell burst onto the scene last evening and drives a ball to the ballpark. There's been uh, the much-anticipated arrival of this young man, and he, uh, he did his part last night. Crowd went crazy. It energized American Family Field. Brewers beat the Pirates 7-5 to last night. They're still six games back in the division, one and a half games back in the wild card, but at least there was life. Uh, Garrett Mitchell gets picked off, still beats the throw to second base, and then later on in the ballgame, he goes yard, so there was some excitement there. Meanwhile, the Badgers getting ready for the game at Camp Randall coming up this weekend. A lot going on. Uh, just to kind of run through this real quick, uh, Juwan Winfrey, uh, uh, Alizé Mack, uh, Tyler Goodson, the running back, Dexter William, the running back, Danny Etling, the quarterback, uh, Sal Canella, by the way, the uh, tight end along with Mack, and then Juwan Winfrey, the wide receiver, all have been let go by the Green Bay Packers. Offensively speaking, we would assume with more cuts to come defensively, Jack Heflin, the defensive end, who uh, many had thought that he would make the squad, did not. Uh, Kill Byers the same way, Chris Slate in the same way, Keandre Thomas, uh, uh Also, you've got uh, Devontae Cross uh, all gone. So as the, uh, the numbers continue to mount for the Green Bay Packers, those are some of the cuts. Nothing overwhelmingly surprising yet. Heflin maybe was a little bit, maybe Juwan Winfrey was a little bit. But we all know that they wanted to squeeze a few of these guys over to the practice squad, and most likely they're going to be able to do so. Ben, can, Ben, how did yesterday go, by the way? Yesterday was good. Uh, it was a yeah. very fast uh, reacclimation for me, back from vacation, and then we're immediately yeah. talking about uh, the Friday debacle with the Brewers, but then their weekend. But no, it was good. Uh, a lot of preseason takeaway talk, which naturally goes to Jordan Love. And I don't know if you watched college football last weekend, but Grant and I spent some time uh, reveling in the beauty of Nebraska's continuous failures. Uh, Yeah, Nebraska continues to fail. The only other thing when you talk about failures, let me get into this real quick, is that uh, the the Badgers now no longer, speaking of, I don't want to say failure because it's not a failure, you get hurt, but no longer do they have an experienced backup quarterback which uh, is a little bit disconcerting, I guess. Chase Wolf uh, done for the season with a knee injury. How how detrimental? Should Graham Mertz go down, Ben? How detrimental is that? Well, before the injury, if Mertz had gone down, uh, they're already in a tough spot. Definitely the West kind of goes out of the question. I think now, if Mertz were to go down, team could be flirting with bull eligibility. 
depending on where it is in the season. They're just uh, the drop off at that position is more severe than anywhere else. And I mean, uh, really, I've more than I can remember in years prior. Yeah, at least he had some experience. You know, but now they don't have anybody with experience when it comes to the backup position at quarterback for the for the Wisconsin Badgers. So Chase Wolf going down with an injury, and we'll talk more about that coming up as well. Also, uh, it's it's very very brief, and I, I was not going to be one of those. Hey, by the way, uh, you know, I'm on the board of directors type of thing and get a lot of time, but I did uh, sneak the pocket recorder into the Fisher House Wisconsin golf outing yesterday, and we knew he was coming. We wanted to make sure that he actually uh, had the ability to get there. But Brad Kaslowski yesterday showed up at our golf. Did you see that, Ben, by any chance? I saw your Facebook video. Yeah. Well, yeah. I was going to ask how you hit them, but more importantly, yes, I did yeah, see that Brad was there. I was was bad. Uh, I'll be real honest. I sucked yesterday. I had a couple of shots that, you know, we used. And, you know, it's a, it's a scramble format. It was packed. Uh, we got We got – it was a deluge – Early on in the day, we were supposed to tee off at noon. I don't think we got out on the course until about one thirty, quarter to 2 because of the rains that came through and the storms that came through, which gave everybody an opportunity to meet Brad Kaslowski. Now, here's the thing. Kaslowski finished up the race the night before and was supposed to jump on this plane. They, they, you know, uh, they have a private plane, obviously, for him, and it was down. It wasn't, uh, it wasn't running properly. So he ends up uh, going commercial. And flies out and gets into town yesterday morning, like a like at ten ten in the morning or something like that. And uh, it, the RFK Racing team was already there; they were waiting for him, part of Kohler Company and such. And then he finally got into town. He came right in and started meeting and greeting veterans and and people that were there and the volunteers. And he met with the board of directors and because he's got kind of this project uh, in his hometown of Michigan, over in Michigan as well. So um, he ended up. Uh, in Rochester Hills, Michigan, to be exact, but he ended up staying. He was supposed to only be there about 45 minutes. He stayed for like almost three hours. He uh, They brought a, a, a hood off of one of his cars. He autographed um, there in front of everybody some used race tires from the other day. Uh, he brought and autographed. But So you're going to hear real quick from Brad Keselowski. I will say this, hint, hint. I wasn't going to get much out of him regarding Road America and Chicago. Uh, that's all I'll say for now, because I thought, yeah, I, I didn't want to get into the, the, the quote controversy that is, at least here in the state. But uh, he had a lot of praise, uh, high praise for Road America and for the uh, Chicago race. It was uh, it, it's you'll, well, you'll hear it. You'll hear it coming up here in just a little bit. But Brad Keselowski came by. So yesterday we ended up at six under. Not that anybody cares, but we ended up at six under. I think the winning score was 14 under, but we finished 17 holes. Because regardless of how many holes you finished, you had to be off the course by 6.30. Because they have uh, it, it's a semi-private course down there, and they had leagues that they had to get to. And they only keep the staff around for so long for the dinner and such afterwards. So I think by the, we got there about quarter to 8 in the morning. And by the time we got home, I guess I got home at about 10 o'clock, 10.30 last night, something like that. About 10 o'clock is probably a pretty good time. I got home about 10 o'clock last night. And so it was a long day, but uh, it was worth it and raised a lot of money. The course was so both courses. There's three courses at Geneva National. We sold out two of them because that's all you can do. You, you can't cut a course off from the members. So uh, we sold out both courses and a huge day yesterday, a lot of money raised. 
I think just in the live auction alone, it was uh, close to nine, eight, nine thousand bucks in just three items, which was awesome. So it was a really good day yesterday. And thanks to everybody, not, not only participated, but all the people that volunteered and all the people that gave time and all the people that gave things as well. And I'll talk about that coming up later on. So, but yesterday, a uh, good day overall. And today we now find out uh, who is uh, let go by the Packers. And then uh, very shortly thereafter, we find out who the Packers really covet and want to bring back. The one thing I will say, and, and there's a lot of speculation uh, about the, the wide receiver position and who they did like and they didn't like and all that kind of stuff. Um, the, the one thing uh, that I will say is I know that it came down to, you know, Juwan Winfrey and would they cut him and yes or no. And then they started talking about some of the other guys that could possibly make it and, and Dubs is going to be there, but will Danny Davis make it? And will he come back to the practice squad? And Davis was cut, but can they bring him back? You know, look, there's a lot of guys that are out there that every team has this seventh guy or eighth guy or ninth guy that they covet, and they think there's no way this guy's going to skate through waivers, and a lot of them do. So I'm not overly concerned about who will and will not end up on the practice squad. My biggest concern right now is who's going to be on the final 53. And then the big question mark at this point is, what about Mason Crosby? Because I think that's a legitimate discussion, because Mason Crosby has been rehabbing, and trying to come back, as we all know, uh, from the uh, the you know knee surgery, and uh, it's just it's it's interesting because whether or not he will or will not make it back, and how long, um, we'll have to wait and see. Albeit, uh, Rob Domofsky is saying that the kicker uh, Ramiz Ahmed is in wait and see mode. No word yet on whether Mason Crosby is even going to come off the pup list in time for the season. He would have to be activated today, today, for him to come off the pup list so he could start in the opener. If he does not, then the first four games of the season uh, minimally are out. Ahmed made everything he looked at since he got here on August 14th. So he's kicked extremely well. But uh, according to Rob Domofsky, right now, no word as of yet on the kicking situation in Green Bay as to whether or not Mason Crosby will or will not come off the uh, the pup list. So we're waiting on that as well. Does the kicking game, considering that Ahmed has been so good in the preseason, Ben, does it concern you at all? It does, maybe not even uh, because of Ahmed's ability or lack thereof, just because of the process stuff that we talked about last season. Like the special teams as a whole, until I see it for six to seven weeks, kind of like a Christian Yelich thing, be great, I'm not going to be confident that it'll just, you know, all be fine, whether it's Crosby or not. It's... um. It's yeah, it's uh, I part of me is really pulling for Mason Crosby because I just want to see him, even if this is his last year, I want to see him redeem himself. I want to see him go out with a a bang. I think that because he's been a lifelong Packer and here for so many years, I want to see him do well to say this, whether it's this year or next year, this is the way I wanted to go out. This is the way I wanted to end my career with the Green Bay Packers. Uh, however, if he's nowhere near 100% or not 100%, let's just say he's 80%, uh, Ahmed has not looked bad. There is nothing wrong right now in keeping Ahmed for the next four weeks and and seeing what he can do. Um, but I will say this, suppose, um, let's just suppose that there are some complications or things aren't progressing 
as well for Mason Crosby, and Ahmed is perfect. Perfect through the first four weeks of the season. It is going to be really hard to look him in the eye and go, yeah, we're going to cut you loose. He has done an, uh, everything they've asked him to do in the preseason, he has done. So I, uh, I, it's going to be really interesting to see if, uh, if Mason Crosby is capable of coming back. Going to be really interesting to see. Uh, let's do this. We're going to step away, take a quick break. We're going to come back, talk more about this as the Packers' cuts continue along with the rest of the NFL today. A lot of cuts going on throughout the rest of the NFL. So we'll keep you up to date as if there's any surprises today. And, Ben, you're going to have an update. Let, you know what? Uh, Mike Clemens has his update at, uh, at 50 uh, of every hour. Maybe what we do is coming out of the break at the bottom of every hour, we take maybe a minute just to kind of roll through the cuts so we get people up to date the entire time. Because it's, it's that kind of a big day, right? That I can do. There we go. We're, I think we're going to do that. Stay tuned. we got a lot more of the Bill Michael Show. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends at Bud Light, the official beer sponsor of the Bill Michael Sports Talk Network. We are now in full press mode. If you did not know and you've been living under a rock, our motorcycle ride is coming up on Sunday. We start from MKE Brewing for everybody within the sound of my voice. Yes, MKE Brewing and Bottle House 42, they're going to be open for us. Don't worry about it. Same as always. No problems. Just because MKE's getting sold and all that kind of stuff, don't worry about it. We're all good to go. So please come out and join us coming up this Sunday, September 4th. We will see you down there. But you need to get pre-registered. Only those who are pre-registered will be eligible for the prize packages that we're giving away, the ticket packages, whether it's to racing, to brewers, to bucks, to badgers. Got all of that. The only way to be a part of any of that is if you get pre-registered. Get pre-registered simply by going to FisherHouseWI.org. That is FisherHouseWI.org. And after that, click on the events page, scroll down. You'll see it right there. Can't miss it. Go get pre-registered. And we will see you on Sunday. This coming Sunday, September 4th, kickstands up at 11 a.m. And, oh, my God, what a beautiful day we've got in store. They are saying 72. It was like 73 to 77. I think it's cooling off a little bit. But they said 72 to 75 degrees and sunny. It's going to be perfect. So please come out and ride with us. And it's all brought to you by our friends at Bud Light, Wisconsin Arley Davidson, Pottawatomie Hotel Casino, MKE Brewing, Growth Law, also our friends over there at Great Lakes Dragaway, Buzzard Billy's out in La Crosse, and Kane and Kane Jewelers up in West Bend. Cannot wait. Cannot wait. Stay tuned. we got a lot more of the Bill Michael Show coming up next. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. put a package together for the golf outing yesterday and uh, they stepped up right away them in the four seasons island resort and they said look we'll give uh, a, a winery tour a uh, private tasting and such with 
winemaker Jake and uh, whatever it is you guys need, we'll do it for Fisher House, Wisconsin. For uh, can't say thanks enough to Forgotten Fire Winery. Ask for them by name. Whether it's in a grocery store, uh, if you're going to a liquor store, a wine store, maybe you're traveling up to Peshtigo, Wisconsin, or near that area, stop in. It's Forgotten Fire Winery. Go to ForgottenFireWinery.com. They are award-winning, but uh, they really don't care about the awards. All they care about, actually, is the ability to uh, to make some good wines that you just enjoy. And whether you like ice in it or red to wine with fish or whatever it happens to be, just enjoy it. Just sit back, relax, and enjoy, especially this time of year as people are kind of gathering around the fire pits and such outside, and maybe it's a glass of wine, watching a game, whatever it happens to be. Just enjoy yourself. That's ForgottenFireWinery.com. Again, ForgottenFireWinery.com up in Peshtigo. Uh, let's do this. Let's now uh, change our sights from uh, Packers over to Badgers. Zach Heilprin, sports director for WOZN out in Madison, part of the uh, Kenny and Heilprin show as well, uh, joining us on the hotline. Zach, how you doing, pal? Doing great. So uh, give me, first and foremost, with uh, Wolf going down, who is the backup quarterback to Graham Mertz, Chase Wolf having uh, season-ending knee surgery, now what? Yeah, uh, it, it's tough. I, I think Wisconsin was probably going to be in, not in great shape if, if Graham Mertz went down just because Chase has had trouble holding on to the ball. But uh, it does obviously now lead to have some guys that have never played a college game before uh, deacon hill would figure to be the the next guy in uh redshirt freshman out of california big guy big arm struggled with with accuracy at thomas and decision making that we got to see in spring but i think he'd probably be the first one in and then then there's miles burkett the true freshman out of franklin uh led franklin to a state title last year in division one and uh you know i think he's he's a solid player but we haven't seen a ton of him uh he does have the advantage of uh having come in um, uh, coming in early, uh, you know, and so there, there is a little bit of that uh, to him, but I, I think it's going to be Deacon Hill if, if Graham were to go down and, and even Deacon Hill on Saturday night, assuming Wisconsin blows Illinois state out of the, the water, like they're supposed to. So let's talk about, we talk a lot about the running back position, which I, I think justifies and is warranted Braylon Allen, Chesmalusi. Um, it, it's great to have one guy, but they've got two guys who legitimately can not only break plays open, but can run for a lot of yards throughout the season. Uh, how, what is the balance going to be in your thoughts? Yeah, that's a. I think that's going to be a fascinating thing to see how it plays out because we saw at the end of last year, Braylon Allen get run down pretty well. I mean, that, when, when Ches Malusi went down against Rutgers, it became the Braylon Allen show because they didn't have Malusi, they didn't have Isaac Garendo, they couldn't really trust at that point Julius Davis. So it was it was Braylon Allen show, and I thought he wore down towards the end of last season. We saw it against Minnesota. So I think, it, it, you know, we'll see how they want to play this, but I think, you know, there's going to be a, a pretty healthy share, at least to start the season. Uh, Braylon Allen's your clear number one, but if you could get Ches Malusi, what, 10 carries a game, and maybe even Isaac Arendo, uh into the five to seven carry per range, and you're able to uh, allow Braylon Allen not to have to carry as much load as he did at the end of last year, it's significant for them. And, and again, I think they have three guys that could be really good running backs in, in Allen, Malusi, and in Garendo, and we'll see how they want to use them. I, I think that's going to be something that we'll see play out on, on Saturday night, the, the first time to kind of see where new running backs coach Al Johnson wants to, to have that at this point. 
Let's take a look at the wide receiver position because we have not seen a, a dearth of talent, this mass amount of guys that run 4-3 and can catch the football and become true weapons for the quarterback play uh, of the Wisconsin Badgers. So tell me about the wide receiver position. Obviously, Bell and company, they're guys that we've seen, been there, done that. But on the other hand, although uh, Bell is a redshirt freshman, but these guys, we've heard the names, but who's going to be the standout? Yeah, I think uh, Chimray DK has a chance to be their true number one wide receiver, the, the best true number one wide receiver they've had since since Quintez Cephas. He's got that type of ability. The kid out of out of Walkshaw Jr. He's played a ton of football. He's been the, I mean, he he ended up having to start a bunch of games in 2020 as a true freshman. Was the number three guy last year behind Danny Davis and Kendrick Pryor. I think he's ready to to stand up. He had a great spring. A little bit of a quiet fall, though we didn't get to see a ton of practices, so I don't know if that was a consistent thing. But the young talent in the room is is what's so exciting. You mentioned Skylar Bell. He made plays every time we saw him. They've got Dean Ingram moving over from uh, cornerback to uh, the wide receiver room, and he's a in a slot. He just feels like he's he's got a knack for getting open in the middle of the field. Behind those guys, you know, Marcus Allen and Keontes Lewis, it's a really interesting and I think talented group. I think it has more talent, and, and the group as a whole is better than what they've had uh, the last couple of years. And so, you know, again, we'll see how it plays out. You're, as you said, that we haven't necessarily seen all of them outside of uh, Chimray do something consistently, but I have uh, very, very uh, big expectations for that group as a whole. Tight end position, is Cundiff the go-to guy? He is. He, we had talked to him yesterday, and he said, I asked him what his goal was, and he's like, I want to be the best, one of the best tight ends in the country. And, and I'm sure some people will laugh at that, being like, he, I mean, he hasn't done anything. But he has, he has the ability to, to both be a blocker. It's kind of what he was known for when he came here, but he has turned into a, uh, a pretty good receiver as well. Uh, they, they joke with him. He's big play clay is what Graham Mertz called him yesterday. Um, I, I do. I mean, he had the second longest catch of any player on the team last year. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but he did. It was 40, 40 something yards against Notre Dame. He's all the way back from that, that nasty leg injury. I think he's uh, a complete guy that can probably do pretty much everything that Wisconsin needs him to. And that's going to be, you know, Hayden Rucci is more of your blocking tight end. Colt Dockovich is a blocking tight end. Jalen Franklin and Jack Eschenbach, probably more your receiving guys, but Clay Cundiff, I think, is the guy that has the ability to do pretty much anything that you need him to do. Then the offensive line. We know it all starts up front. The offensive line last year had its moments, and then at times they did not look like they had any moments at all. I, you know, it was a little <laughs> bit uh, – It was. It was. put it this way, it wasn't what we're accustomed to when it comes to Wisconsin offensive line play. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, for sure it wasn't. And they have made some changes, not just uh, at the players, but at the coaches. Uh, Joe Rudolph no longer at Wisconsin. He's out of Virginia Tech. They brought Bob Bostead back from the defensive side of the ball to coach the offensive line. Last time he was the offensive line coach at Wisconsin was 2010 and 2011, and those were two of the best offensive lines that Wisconsin's ever had. So they're hoping to maybe get that back. They have, a, they have uh, one guy, one starter back at the same spot from last year. That's Joe Titman at center. Otherwise, you know, they've, they've moved, they have some starters back. They just move them around. Jack Nelson's your starting left tackle. Michael Beach, who was the left tackle, is your left guard. Uh, Michael Furtney, a senior, who's waited his turn as the right guard. And then Riley Mallman beat out five star uh, tackle Logan Brown to be the right tackle. Um, they have some great depth there, too. Uh, Milwaukee area kid and Joe Brunner is uh, the backup at left guard. He's a true freshman. Um, they've got a five star backup at left tackle in, in Nolan Rucci. They, they have recruited extremely, extremely well at that spot. Um, so I think even if they were to lose a guy or two, um, certain spots were probably more deeper than others. But 
on paper, Bill, this has a chance to be a much better group than the last two years. But again, that's only on paper. and It doesn't really matter <laughs> on paper right. until they go out and show it, right? How much does Ingram tinker with? I'm not going to say change because they're never going to change what their identity is, but how much does he tinker with the offense in the sense of being pro-style, downfield, passing, maybe a little bit of riding the side every now and then, maybe mixing things up, some motion, things like that? I think that there's going to be changes. Uh, when we talked to these guys in the spring, kind of asked them, like, would the average fan recognize the differences? And they said no. But I think that there is, there are going to be some changes, and I, I – Here's my hope is that they, uh, they closed off so many practices of, to us here in the fall that there's going to be some significant changes that people are all going to recognize and that type of stuff. And they've just been trying to hold that back. And maybe we won't even see that Monday or excuse me, Saturday night uh, because of it. But I do think there, there's, uh, you know, some more, some more tosses, some more, um, uh, you know, motion, as you mentioned, some, some different pass routes, maybe some more shots down the field out of the slot. We saw that a bunch in the spring. I think there, I, I do think there are going to be some changes. I don't know if we'll see those Saturday night. Uh, I still think it's going to be one of those things that we're going to have to see play out because they did not show much in, in the practices open to the media. Um, now, defensively speaking, we know the defense has been somewhat of a staple and they've been so good and it doesn't matter all of a sudden the names. It's like plug and play and somebody from the outside linebacking position becomes famous. So you tell me how good is this defense going to be? Is this the backbone of this team? It is, and I, I've, I've gone on record and said this, and I'll say it again. I, I think this defense has a chance to be as good as last year's defense. And that last year's defense was ranked number one in the country in total yards and set a record for rushing defense in school history. They lose eight starters off of that, and yet I still think they do. I mean, their defensive line, led by Keanu Benton, is going to be, uh, I think, better than they were last year. The outside linebackers, Nick Herbig, probably going to be a double-digit sack guy, a guy that has a real good chance of uh, you know, this being his last year in college and then heading off to the NFL. Um, and then the outside, other outside linebacker spot, I think they Bill, I think they have five guys that start outside linebacker, um, but it's going to be C.J. Getz. And then Daryl Peterson's the one I would really watch out for, the name that probably is going to jump up and grab people's attention at outside linebacker. They, they replaced their entire secondary, with, uh, or at least their corners, with um, transfers. And Jay Shaw and Cedric Dort, Justin Clark, all those guys in the two deep. Alexander Smith has dealt with a little bit of an injury at corner this year or this this fall camp, but um, Jim Leonard thinks he's been their was their best guy uh, throughout spring. Safety John Torchio and, and and Hunter Waller, a little bit of depth issue there, uh, though they certainly you know added a bunch of guys uh, this off season. The big question is inside linebacker, where you lose Jack Sanborn and Leo Chanel. Are the uh, are the replacements going to be able to at least do their job and i think they've got a star in, in jordan turner he's a sophomore who's gonna i think i think really be the next big guy there and they've got some other bodies there too but jordan turner i think is gonna be the headliner so uh i i know defensively speaking they're gonna be good but let's look at the rest of the big 10 real quick i know that notre dame plays ohio state game one ohio state is expected to beat the hell out of notre dame and probably be the cream of the crop but throughout the rest of the big 10 uh, I said, look, I, until Michigan State does exactly what they're supposed to do, I don't believe in Michigan State. I don't believe in Nebraska. Uh, I think one of their tougher games is going to be over against Iowa. I, Penn State's always hit or miss. So is is it Ohio State, Michigan, and then whom in the Big Ten? Yeah, you know, it's it's, it's funny. We, we talked about the entire team, right? Um, and we didn't talk about the quarterback, like the starting quarterback for Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. And I, I feel like – 
that is the, the biggest deciding factor for the Badgers as to whether they are a Big Ten contender or not. Can Graham Mertz make the steps that are necessary to at least leave uh, keep Wisconsin in games? I mean, he had 10 interceptions, I should say 10 touchdowns, 11 interceptions last year. That's not good enough. He's got to be better. He's got to be more consistent. The passing game has to be more consistent because if you put that together with what we think they have in the run game and what we think they have on defense, they're definitely in the conversation for being uh, uh, in the running for not just the Big Ten West, but maybe jumping up and shocking Ohio State. They've been, in the, they've been there 2017, 2019. They were right there to win those games, couldn't get it done. But Graham Mertz is the difference. If he has made strides, and I think he's made some, I don't know how big those strides are. I want to see him against an actual opponent with a pulse. But if he does, then I think Wisconsin is right there with those, those other two teams. If he doesn't, I mean, I don't. It, it's very hard for me to sit here and say that Wisconsin can can go to Ohio State or go to Michigan State or even go to Iowa, uh, maybe even Northwestern. Like there, there are a lot of tough road games. I don't know without him playing at a better level whether they can go and win on the road in those situations. So um, it'll come down to him. And if it does, if it's not, then the the West is wide open. I think a lot of people think the West is wide open already uh, with Iowa and Minnesota and even maybe even Northwestern. I know some people aren't fans of Ben <clears throat> Kenny. Um, but you know mm-hmm. the uh, th- there is there's a number of teams in the in the West that I think maybe jump up and are able to grab that spot if if Graham Mertz is not the quarterback that they need him to be. Always good to talk to you, Zach. Looking forward to the weekend and getting college football officially underway. Appreciate it, pal. We'll talk to you soon. Okay. All right, Bill. Thank you. There you go. That's our buddy Zach Heilprin, sports director, WOZN in Madison, giving us a lowdown on the Wisconsin Badgers and the Big Ten, taking a full look at this football team as the Badgers get ready uh, to open play this weekend coming up at Camp Randall. Let's step away. We'll take a quick break. When we come back, we'll update you for all the Packers cuts and all the big news in the NFL. So stick around and stay tuned for that. we got it all coming up coming up here shortly. Stay tuned. Uh, this portion of the program brought to you by our friends at Wabam. W-A-B-A-M. Go to getwabam.com. That is get Wabam. Dot com. Whether it's cleaning products, uh, industrial, janitorial, for your home, or maybe some products like things for your motorcycle, your boat, your car, shining things up, ceramics and such. All of that product uh, information is at Wabam. Go to getwabam.com. That is getwabam.com. Again, getwabam.com. They sh- can ship directly to you. And they're right here in the state of Wisconsin, in Colgate, Wisconsin, as a matter of fact. Again, go to get, G-E-T, getwabam, W-A-B-A-M, getwabam.com. More of the Bill Michael Show next. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. The Bill Michael Show Podcast. Listen, rate, subscribe.